Hello and welcome. My name is Father William Maestri, and this is another edition of Gabriel's Trumpet for Tuesday, May the 16th of the sixth week of Easter. Our reading this morning is a continuation of the Gospel of St. John, chapter 16, verses 5 through 11. John 16, 5 through 11. And we have to remember, keep in mind that uh, this coming Thursday is Ascension Thursday, marking 40 days since Jesus' uh, resurrection. And all this time, Jesus has been with the disciples, the risen Lord, showing them in his words, his presence, that uh, Jesus is indeed risen, as he said. The tomb could not hold him. The soldiers could not keep him inside. For the power of God, the Holy Spirit, has raised Jesus from the dead as our Lord and Savior. And so this morning, uh, Jesus is preparing the disciples uh, right before he enters into his passion and his death for the eventual ascension to the Father and the sending of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost, which will be 10 days from Thursday. On that great day, at the beginning of the church, when the disciples are in the upper room, they are filled with the Holy Spirit and go forth and proclaim Jesus Christ is Lord throughout the world. And so this morning, Jesus is preparing them. And um, it's well worth our meditation today on this particular passage because it's so rich with meaning for us today. Jesus says to his disciples, and Jesus is speaking to each of us as well. He says, now that I go back to him who sent me, that is the Father, not one of you asks me, where are you going? Because I have had all this to say to you, you are overcome with grief. They are grief-stricken because they know that Jesus was determined to go to Jerusalem, and they know that this will be the last Passover, the last time that Jesus will be with them in his complete earthly form. And they are filled with grief because Jesus has told them throughout the three years of the public ministry that the Son of Man will be handed over to the evil ones. He will suffer much, be put to death, but he will rise. They often don't hear that because their grief blocks that out. And we know how that is, don't we? There are times in our life when we are so filled with grief that we have no room for hope. We have no room for the opening of new doors, new paths cleared, new avenues of life, that as we close one chapter, a new chapter is open. As we finish one sentence, a new sentence is waiting to be written. And that takes time. That takes time. How much time? That's can, no one can say because it's so personal, so individual. 
and yet they are filled with grief, and Jesus recognizes their grief. And he says to them, I tell you the sober truth. It is much better for you that I go. If I fail to go, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, will never come to you. Whereas if I go, I will send him to you. Again, that's very difficult for them to understand and to really open themselves to. Their grief is so great. For their hopes had had been placed in Jesus as the Messiah, the Savior. When they first accepted the invitation to come follow me, come and see where I stay. When they were first called, uh, they left everything to follow Jesus. And now, now that hour has come, the hour when Jesus will be handed over to the power of Satan. But Jesus is saying it will not be his triumph, for in his death Satan will be defeated. In his resurrection, our victory that we share with Jesus will be ours. But again, at that time, it's very difficult. Think of our own, again, human grief, our own loss. We're so overwhelmed with the loss that very often it's initially difficult to see the new path, the rising of the sun, the S-U-N and the S-O-N that is to come. But Jesus is consoling them, and he says, you know, if it's better that I go, because if I don't go, I, you'll never get the paraclete. I have to go in order to send him to you because I told you I will never leave you orphans. Jesus never leaves us, never leaves us in our grief, never leaves us in our crosses, never leaves us in our burdens. No matter how great, no matter how intense, no matter how immediate, Jesus is present within us. Holy Spirit to strengthen us. And Jesus says, uh, I have to go so that the Spirit will come. And the Spirit will come on Pentecost, 10 days from the ascension, 10 days from this Thursday, when the Lord returns to the Father. And then in those 10 days, the Spirit will come. And Jesus goes further, though, because they're also filled with grief over the idea that Jesus will be crucified and condemned as a criminal, as an outlaw, an insurrectionist, as a blasphemer, all of those things. Uh, that's the judgment of the world, the world's judgment is that Jesus is wrong. Jesus is evil. Jesus' whole life has been a lie. That's the world's judgment. And by extension, that's their judgment on them. They have been so stupid, so unfaithful as to, as to follow this, this itinerant preacher, this, this man who claimed to be the son of God, my goodness, you followed him. 
You're no better than he is. We still have that today, don't we? The world looks upon those who truly follow Christ as foolish, worse, subversives. We're looked upon by the world with suspicion if you truly follow Christ. Because the way of Christ is not the way of the world. And sometimes we can be overcome with grief. We're weary, we're faint-hearted. We may even have periods of despondency and despair. But the Holy Spirit is within us, reviving us, renewing us, strengthening us to continue our pilgrimage to our true and earthly, our true and heavenly home, not found here on earth. And so Jesus confronts this straight on and he says, I will send him, the paraclete, to you. And when he comes, remember we talked about the idea that for John, the final, final days of Jesus is the great courtroom in which God's true justice and truth will become visible and evident. The world has passed its judgment. Now the real judgment is coming in the death and resurrection of Christ. And Jesus says, when the paraclete comes, he will prove the world wrong. The case will now be made. God's case will be made in Jesus Christ. He will prove the world wrong about sin. He will prove the world wrong about sin. That is, they have refused to believe in me. Sin is the refusal to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the Messiah, the Savior, our Savior, our Messiah. About justice, from the fact that I go to the Father, justice is rendering to each his due. Each person receives what they deserve. And so Jesus goes back to the Father because Jesus came from the Father. Justice is restorative. It's making whole what the person was before, before the injustice. They now are made complete. And Jesus, in justice, returns to the Father. And about condemnation, the world has condemned Jesus. They put him on a cross, put him in a tomb with a stone and soldiers. And the condemnation for the prince of this world has been condemned. The evil one has been condemned. Why? Because in the death of Christ and his resurrection, Satan is overcome. We now have the Savior who has opened for us the way to reconciliation and life with Almighty God, eternal life. And so we must meditate upon that. We must live that and share that. Our grief, our grief will turn to joy. Jesus uses the image of the woman giving birth to a son, a daughter, a child. At the, in, in that time of pain, 
But the pain, Jesus says, turns to joy. The pain is forgotten because she has received her child. And so in this time of pain, of grief, of loss, it will turn to an infinite joy that Jesus Christ has risen. So let us today meditate on this, contemplate this in our own lives. Let us prepare for this coming Thursday for the ascension and eagerly wait and long for the Pentecost experience, the sending of the Holy Spirit, the beginning of the church of which we are members, part of the body of Christ on earth. Do not be afraid, do not be overcome, for your grief will turn to joy, a joy of God's great gift, that Jesus has been raised. And with Jesus, we have the hope of eternal life. God bless you.